friendships, careers ending, a lot of love, a lot of feelings. Are you breaking up with me? Is this it? Are you trying to tell me something? Can we wait until the microphones are off? Oh my god, I'm not ready for this. I'm Shanaz. And I'm Holly. Welcome to Grap Girls, the queer feminist wrestling podcast. And this week we're asking all the hard-hitting questions like, why is JJ Bella such a dick? Such a dick. I fell into like the worst Instagram hole the other day where I was on Nikki Bella's Instagram and then went on to yes, his. would be. And his job is just to go on vacation. I know. I mean, back in the early 90s, like vacation TV shows were the shits. But I just feel like we've got to leave it there. That's not a job anymore. I feel like it's such a niche joke. But for anybody out there that watches a Chris Gethard show and is aware of Vacation Jason, he is Vacation Jason, but as his full-time job. Um, Welcome to episode five of Grab Girls. Uh, We're joined in the studio today by a very special guest. Please welcome to the show, Bean Ambrose. Uh, that jangling noise there you can hear is the bell of Shauna's new dog. Oh, I've got a son, everyone. Um, in fact, we cancelled our last recording session so that on rightfully a, so, rightfully so, because on a whim I had to go to Blackpool to this bonny baby boy, um, and it has been a learning curve. Having a dog is no joke. Uh, turns out that if you've got a puppy, you have to get up in the night like a real baby i mean i've just had cats before so that was real shocking to me i'm i don't think i'm going to be able to concentrate for this duration of recording today because i don't think you appreciate through the power of a a podcast of just how fucking cute bean ambrose is i love that shanaz is holding beans up to the microphone to try and convey how cute he is as though that might the power (laughs) the power of beans will come through the microphone but if you're wondering just how cute bean ambrose is he has his own Instagram presence because Shanaz is a good social media mom <laughs> and has set up an account almost immediately. Did you set up the account <laughs> on my way home from that? <laughs> <laughs> of course Look, you did. I'm, I'm, I've handed in my notice at my job. Yay! Um, which is great news, but I don't know what I'm doing next. So if I can, you know, get sponsorship for Little Beans, um, most of the money will go into an account for him for when he's old enough to leave home. But the rest will be for me. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds amazing. Um, so it's been a busy month. Shana's has a dog now. I don't. I don't have a lot going on. But um, you wrestled this month, Shana's. That was this month. That was this month. I know WrestleMania happened. That was like the big event for everyone. But um, I lost. It was amazing though. Like It was great you, fun. If you listen to uh, episode... Uh, three of Grab Girls we talked to some of the people from Burning Hearts who are a London based women's wrestling promotion and their last show was in March which uh, Shana's wrestled in and I was on the front row for and we've actually just before f- recording our podcast today we've actually just been doing guest commentary for um, a Burning Heart show which that was scary like we've no I mean obviously we record this podcast but we usually have like a good hour or more of us just warming up chatting to each other about 
whatever and there's no real format it's just us chatting while drinking tea and having a lot of snacks but i don't think and this is super naive of me but i've never realized how difficult commentary is like we we got asked to do this by journey from uh, burning hearts about a month ago and um it hadn't hit me until this week and i thought oh shit i should probably like think about commentary and how it works and so i was just watching some stuff on like the wwe network at home and just like okay let's see if i can talk along while this is happening turn the volume down like what would i say and it was hard i was like i was struggling for things to say mostly because i don't know the names of like moves and stuff like that i find it really hard to describe what's going on and all i want to do is like ooh, that looks like it hurts yeah. And that's, I'm not sure if that's interesting for commentary. I'm really bad at trying to explain what's happening. And as well as like, I don't think I'd ever realised how much commentary feeds into the storytelling aspects. Yeah, very much so. It's very strange watching the show back, even though I was there, without commentary. Um, because it just seems so quiet. And it's a whole layer of the storytelling that's just missing. Obviously, it's different when you're actually at a live show. You yeah. never get the commentary. But yeah, so, so very different kind of watching it with no commentary. It was so hard. I think in my head as well, I was getting a little bit cocky about it because like you said, we we do the podcast and we're kind of okay with doing this stuff. And so all week I'd been thinking, we're probably just going to sound like me and you just like taking the piss out of each other and like being a bit like laid back and quite casual with it and like bringing our own personalities to the table. But it's really not about you at all. I thought I'd have more of a character while doing commentary is what I'm saying. Like I thought I'd right. be able to like have a personality. Mamma all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but like a Yorkshire version or something. <laughs> Imagine. I thought I'd have something to give, but actually I was just so scared of getting it wrong. And then any time there was like a two second silence, I was like, shit, you need to say something. You can't you can't just have a silence while there's there's wrestling. And actually learning when the silences are okay because yeah. the story needs to build and you need to be able to hear what the wrestlers are saying to each other and what's happening in the ring. And then knowing when it's time for you to interject and kind of describe stuff was something I'd never thought about before. Yeah, I think I was pretty concerned about it because like you, I don't know the names of wrestling moves. And also, um, you know, I just feel like, like how am I going to help to tell the story I'm just I'm I'm just this person who enjoys watching wrestling and going ooh in exactly yeah. the same way but actually do I have anything to say about it and does anyone actually want to hear the things I have to say about it like me being obsessed with like the friendships that are developing like as a commentator does any like does anyone want to hear that from a commentator and I wasn't sure if that was yeah that's what was really hard because there were certain things I wanted to say but I thought well that's not what this show needs because you're also very aware that you know we're not just freestyling over a show. We don't get to control that. We This has um, an angle. There's a storyline that develops like Burning Hearts are working on a set of characters and a roster and the overarching themes. Like you're just there for like a moment to kind mm. of say what's happening. Whereas like if we had our own promotion, you could be like, right, well, I'm going to comment on this because this is going to be useful in the next episode or the next show or something. Mm. It's really hard to kind of put your mark on something in such a short amount of time. But yeah, it just blew my mind that I'd, I'd just never really considered the the complexity of commentary although the way that I did commentary probably wasn't that complex but just it's one of those things that's in the background along with like the lights and the refs and the music and the editing and all these things that go into creating wrestling on television or via streaming that you maybe don't think about and then when it's there it's just it's just another layer in this multi-layered thing um so yeah I'm quite nervous to see how ours ends up yeah (laughs) Um, I kind of feel like I, I'm like 
destroying kayfabe as well because not only am i in the show we don't commentate on a match that i'm in no but not only am i in the show i'm doing commentary for a show and we also have like this podcast which kind of exists outside of the barriers like it's a multi-universe thing we've set up yeah because as much as i believe everything about wrestling i also tear everything about wrestling apart but also like i'm commentating on it and um i'm in it so like in the front row i'm on the front row watching it and i stand (laughs) out because i have bright orange hair and i'm i'm given very good face if you watch the live stream of it on youtube when it comes up you'll see i'm just reacting to things the way that i actually react to it in commentary i'm doing all the oohs and the ahs so i feel like i'm pretty um pretty true to that but i don't know it's so weird to commentate on something that you were already there and you were already present for re reacting to it a second time um and trying to think of how somebody else might be watching it Mm. is really hard commentary is hard man commentary is hard like hats off to everyone who does commentary particularly renee young we love you Last night, we went to the Eve show, um, which was Chris Wolf's retirement show. Oh my um, God, it was so great. Can so I... sad. <laughs> it was sad. It was sad, but it was also so fanciful and joyful. And like, if I ever got to curate a wrestling show, I would hope it would be half as like conceptual and fun and just like telling stories through like ridiculous acrobatics like i i i adored it so much i was so in awe of the whole thing i think the word curate is right because it was i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say that last night was i think maybe the greatest wrestling show i've ever seen and i know i'm still very very new to wrestling and that might not mean anything to anyone else but i don't care like it was i've never watched a, a wrestling show from beginning to end and been fully immersed in it from the second it starts the second it ends i've always been like a match where i'm like "Mm, not not too bothered about this one or like oh not this guy again or there's just always been something that's taken me out of it and I've not been fully involved even though I love love wrestling Mm. this was one of the few shows I've been to where from the second it starts I'm all in in a way that I've never experienced before and even just thinking about it now it's like I want to feel that again it was amazing so I am I feel completely exactly the same way as you do um I think I did hear like a bit of grumbling last night about the fact that perhaps there wasn't that much wrestling. Like technical wrestling. Yeah, there wasn't that much technical wrestling. Um, and because the matches... Thank God. <laughs> because the matches were telling um, kind of the story of Chris Wolf's life, um, each match was like, you know, it was a con- it was like, it was Chris Wolf's concept album. It, did, it, it really exactly was. what it felt like. Um, and so like, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I can actually understand from the point of view of people who were there to see like, actual like full-on wrestling show with like you know loads of different people on the card none of the matches are linked to each other really um I get it and I like but I also understand that like if why that's your favorite wrestling show because sometimes when you do go to shows and there's a match that's disconnected from the storyline you care about you do kind of like fall out of it a bit whereas there was just no chance of that happening I think for us last night yeah because everything was bit, like the, the the narrative was all so cohesive exactly it's like when i watch eastenders and then it cuts to phil mitchell i'm like oh fuck not this dickhead again i'm not interested <laughs> in this storyline but then when it goes back to the carters i'm really excited 
that's what it felt like last night. It was like a whole Carter's episode. It was like a, it was a standalone episode of of Eve, really. Mm. Um, and like Shanaz was saying, it was um, it was a, it was. I think the word curated is really important because it was curated around Chris Wolf's life. So for anybody that wasn't there last night or hasn't been able to watch it yet, streaming, although you can watch it on Eve on demand. Um, the wrestling show was told in two halves, and it was literally Chris Wolf's life from her conception. Uh, through puberty, through her time in Japan, through becoming the wolf, um, to a, a massive gauntlet match with every single woman from the locker room. Um, and it's really hard to explain unless you were there or you've seen it, but it was just so fantastically done in a way that was the right mix of silly and funny without it ever feeling like it didn't matter every match still felt like it really mattered yeah and despite the fact that every match was conceptual and built around a storyline every wrestler was true to their wrestling character so for instance the first match was um chris wolf's conception with the egg being played by session moth which was so perfect so fucking good she had perfect no more babies written across her tits in sharpie because she'd had enough she was crossing her legs for this one um and it was then you had uh three wrestlers enter the ring one by one and (laughs) and and session moth was just getting more and more upset there were more and more people enter the ring so you had but that um, must be how the egg does feel against the sperm (laughs) there's so many of them um so there was um laura de mateo as one of the sperm um we had killer kelly and erin angel and just to paint a picture, they had literal sperm um, in a quite a cute way. Yeah. In the cutest way you can have a face painted on their face. And it was just the way they, from the way they even entered the ring, um, the story began then from they came down the stairs and entered the ring and they were just kind of like bumping into each other and like just looking foolish. The, physicali- the physicality yeah. of sperm was so perfect. And I think I like that you said that they were foolish, which is... Which brings me to why I liked that match so much because that match could have gone a completely different way, but the way it went, it was it was it was conception presented through the female gaze. You've got these three like kind of dumb sperms all fighting for supremacy yeah. to like to like you know destroy the ovum and like make it but um and like you could have easily had that if it were painted in a different way like these three like strong rugged like yeah yeah we're like gonna get that we're gonna get that egg and we're gonna make it ours it's you know like someone dominate did it. comment on that in the audience i think they kind of said oh someone said it's a bit rapey isn't it but i but i was just thinking like actually i think the way this has been presented works yeah i i really hate the term a bit rapey because it it downplays a massive traumatic awful thing um and i think what they were trying to get is like the element of consent was in it Mm. and i think like you're saying it would have been different if it was session moth versus three men Mm. um or Or three characters characters who were very aggressive and macho um but it wasn't it was three idiotic sperm each vying for the egg and I felt like the the character, as I'm saying it, that just sounds fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it was so funny. This is wrestling. Like the re- wrestling is ridiculous, but it it was just actually very well characterized. Like you said, the physicality of it was perfect. The silliness of it was perfect. Um, and also because I remember someone behind me said, "Well, you know who's going to win, don't you? Because this is the conception. So clearly, like what that meant was Session Moth wasn't going to win." And I love the idea that there was someone behind me commentating on the fact that the <laughs> outcome of this match might be predetermined. <laughs> like, this is wrestling. Um, but it was 
beautifully done. I've never been so on like from the minute <laughs> it came out, I was so on board with it. And that's what really struck me for the whole of this show is that everyone in the audience was so on board for this. Mm-hmm. It was silly, but no one was there going, Well, this wouldn't happen. What the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah, and that's great. I really liked that. Um the other thing that I really enjoyed about last night is that so like quite often when you go to wrestling shows it's you know people say look these are the rules don't be a dick that's fine and I think we kind of mentioned in our first show uh, our very first episode that sometimes that's not quite enough like sometimes you an need audience to be explicit does, like you know I could I my, my dad knows for instance hi Bubba my dad knows <laughs> transphobia sexism racism like bigotry is not okay he knows that but he like maybe doesn't know what that means contextually and yeah so quite often people maybe do need telling more than like don't be a bigot i think also there's just some assumption with some wrestling Mm. promotions that like oh you guys get it you come every week you know what we're about we don't need to tell you the rules and it's like actually never assume anything about your audience whatsoever um these things actually do need to be made explicit because like you said the context of stuff is so lost everyone Mm. knows on a grander scale that like nazis are bad and the kkk are really bad but they don't understand the the nuance of what everyday racism looks like yeah um and that everyone is capable of that because everyone benefits from from white privilege and white supremacy Um, and similar with things like transphobic speech and sexist speech is so ingrained in everyday culture that it's really hard to then identify it if you if you benefit from it Um, so I think our beef in the first episode was more wrestling promotions need to be aware that their audience aren't stupid it's Mm -hmm. not that they don't get it it's just that the the context of this stuff really matters Um, and what was so great last night was that um, so there was a female voice in the ring um i think having emily? A, yeah emily came out and, and said these are what the rules are and i think having a woman do it is so powerful yeah um but then the best part was it wasn't just that she said uh you know don't slut shame anyone but because chris wolf was there and chris wolf like played the part of like the like oh but what is slut shaming and then you know that's all it took and then there was a brief explanation of of what slut shaming was and why that was wrong and yeah obviously like they didn't go through the entire roster of things that aren't cool you can't do that but it was it was context and it was presented in a way that actually mattered and i felt that when you have women saying it it means more it has more power to it Mm. and then if you have someone like chris wolf who everyone in that room is rooting for every single person that room believes in chris wolf and when you have someone like chris wolf saying okay well tell me more about this thing then and not in like a, a cheesy kind of rehearsed way although i'm sure it maybe was like worked out before it didn't feel like we're ticking a box by going through this exercise yeah. at the beginning it felt like we're just going to make sure we're all on the same page and we're also setting the tone for tonight in this playful kind of dynamic mm. but these are the rules and this is what this means um i just i just thought it was um one of the best examples of it i'd seen in a while yeah no i was really really happy with that so thank you eve yeah thank you um, I'm going to talk about the puberty match because I think that was one of my favourite matches from last night. Okay, yeah, the puberty match was incredible. <laughs> so what you had was you had Ginny versus Jetta. But in between each match, you had Chris Wolf on the mic kind of explaining what the next stage of Chris Wolf's life was that was being depicted. And this was the puberty years. And as Chris Wolf mentioned, uh, this was a very confusing time for Chris Wolf and um, lots of feelings and lots yeah. of identity stuff. And so you had Ginny um, coming out with beautiful black eyeliner and black lipstick. Um, <laughs> just, oh. I just can't say enough about her character. So her character was like, 
kind of like an emo, kind of like a stoner, kind of like a musher, because Ginny's clearly none of those things and had no experience of what that was. And her thing was just throwing the rock symbol and saying, I just want to listen to Slipknot, man. But in that kind of voice. Yes. Like her, her voice was really like, almost like like a vampire like i just don't care oh my god i loved it it was so brilliant and because anyone who knows the Ginny character (laughs) knows that she is absolutely not that it was i mean i think so great she was convincing everyone last night that she clearly loves (laughs) slipknot and not just wait and bleed but like other stuff too (laughs) and then you had um, yeah she loves the new theme tune to nxt we've got feelings about that yep coming up later do you know what we, I, don't, I don't like change no i was gonna say that i don't like change <laughs> we're not happy that nxt have changed their theme tune i mean fine slipknot cool whatever but do you know what i really look forward to sitting down every week with my cat with my partner with with my new son bean ambrose and making up the words to because the NXT theme tune. I never knew like, what the words were. I just knew what the rhythm was. So in our house, we sing, No, the elephant, back the trunk! Because it's the same kind of rhythm. And I love that. But now it's Slipknot. And, and it's all right. But, you know, who likes new Slipknot? No one. Yeah, I mean, I, I basically tapped out at Wait and Bleed. I mean, it's a banger. It is a banger. Um, but anyway, not, not Ginny. Ginny likes <laughs> obscure Slipknot. Because Ginny's a real Slipknot fan. Um, and she was against um, Jetta. Yeah. And Jetta was... Um, <laughs> Jetta was the teenage version of Jetta um, in her, like, kappa tracksuit. Yeah. Being, trying to be a bit street and a bit dangerous, but being, like, a 14-year-old. Um, and it was just this wonderful brawl between the two teenage versions of themselves, which ended up in them coming out of the ring, both of them going to the bar, trying to get served... <laughs> Not getting served because they were underage and then dubbing on each other, being like, well, she's trying to get served too. And it was just this, like, I can understand, like, you know, you were saying people complaining it wasn't enough wrestling. It was mostly storytelling. Um, I I thought it was fucking wonderful storytelling. Um, Also, like, I mean both of the refs last night were brilliant um i like i love lauren i don't know the name of the tom. guy tom but he was great too but especially during that match when jetta told on top like told on Ginny <laughs> to tom she was like can you stop her from talking in that stupid voice and he was like there's no rules against that jetta <laughs> it was brilliant it goes into that whole thing about like what makes good wrestling it's all of it it's all the commentary all everything but the refs last night played such an integral role and it was just wonderful to see everyone just bouncing off each other and yeah. improvising off each other and it made this really wonderful story that like i think it especially felt nice because the layout of resistance gallery not my fave like as a venue not my fave but because the position of where we were we could kind of see up the stairs where the wrestlers were coming out and he just had these really lovely moments where every now and then you'd look up and the whole locker room were just watching the show and they were laughing at the same moments that you were laughing at and they were joining in with the same bits that you were joining in on. and it really felt like this family moment where we're all just kind of taking part in the same thing and honestly my my heart is swelling just thinking about it it was was such such a a wonderful wonderful night wonderful evening um, and then it got good so we've i mean it's getting better <laughs> wait so, what it's not already good we've got we've gone through puberty that's that's difficult to get through also before we move on it's a weird thing to say but Ginny, Ginny is the nicest smelling wrestler i've ever smelled would you expect anything less no and it was just because we're right by the the ring where the wrestlers come in so like we're constantly just next to them as they come in and none of them smelled particularly bad like everyone smelled fine but Ginny smelled 
beautiful and I really wanted to tweet it last night but then I was like it kind of just looks weird like I'm just saying like Ginny you smell great who the fuck am you're I say, you're saying it very publicly now though Ginny you smell great but <laughs> <laughs> um cool uh, she does it's okay Ginny I just uh, it, it's probably because she was the puberty Ginny right so it's probably either CK1 or Impulse it wasn't Vanilla Impulse maybe Charlie Red maybe Spice Girls Impulse maybe you're right limited edition oh my god do you reckon you can still get Spice Girls Impulse I'm ebaying it as we speak okay um but after puberty we move on to a particularly interesting time in Chris Wolf's life where she moved to Japan and (gasps) after a particularly difficult heartbreak to find herself I guess and she documented um, moving to Japan and just kind of traveling around Japan and battling with the countryside so to depict that we had um uh viper piper nevin coming in as as japan but as the mountain which was was so wonderful amazing i think the thing with viper is that like she's very beautiful and quite often with people who are obviously like beautiful i don't always think they're going to be very good at comedy and that's terrible that is so bad but like I, I was like, oh, shit, she's doing, like, comedy so well. Because she just kept saying, mountain! Just that. Mountain! Just mountain. And then <laughs> if she did a move, it'd be like, earthquake! Avalanche! <laughs> <laughs> she was so good. I loved it so much. Yeah, like, she was, she was absolutely incredible. And then she came out several other times during the night. And it was, you know, it was the, the big moment. Like, everyone just shouted mountain at her. Because it was the best thing. I think that's just her name now. I think that's just who she is. She's Mountain now. Um, Do you know what else I noticed? I reckon, right, either one of the girls in the locker room for Eve does nails or a bunch of them went out to get their nails done. I noticed this as well. Kaylee Ray and Piper had beautiful glitter gel nails and I want to be like, can we come with you next time? Because Shana's, you're rocking some pretty good nails right now. Thank you. I got them done. Um, um, but I would also say that it's a, I probably shouldn't have got them done because I nearly rode my bike into a car yesterday on account of how I was looking at my pretty, pretty <laughs> glittery nails. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Stay safe, everyone, because there might be someone riding around with amazing nails, not looking where they're going and just checking their nails. Yeah, but um, anyway, I just think someone's doing gels in, in, the, uh, in the Eve locker room. It was amazing. And they were great and just keep it up loved it it was brilliant i really i don't know i like i've got no criticism of it whatsoever so i've got no criticism of anything from this show i have um, one criticism oh i have one criticism but i'm gonna come on to that in yeah, a let's minute. come on to it later because it's nothing to do with the actual show the show <laughs> let's was stay posy let's stay posy let's, let's move on to the so chris wolf as i said she introduces the next segment so we've, we've met japan she's battled japan and this is where the wolf comes into it this is where yeah. she finally becomes the wolf and meets the wolf and this was uh charlie evans wrestling tito now if you don't know who tito is uh tito always wrestles alongside um chris wolf but it's usually just the wolf head right? yeah yeah usually just a wolf head who she brings out with her yeah but the buy-in for tito from the crowd last night was incredible because tito fought alone tito fought alone tito was on the body of a blow-up doll um but was 
I'm going to say one of the best matches <laughs> I have ever seen. Because oh, fuck it. They were all great. Charlie, I'm just thinking the amount of work that Charlie Evans did to make that match feel real, to make it feel so believable that everyone was genuinely on the side of Tito. Yeah. So, like, Charlie Evans was doing all the heavy lifting and the work, so, so much so that you were, like really fearful when tito got onto the top rope you were genuinely scared and everyone was screaming not the top rope tito yeah now tito was wearing the body of a of a blow-up doll um and so what was really terrifying is when charlie (gasps) evans had to bring out the big guns because she was struggling against really struggling she brought out thumbtacks are they called thumbtacks or are they called pins? I mean, they're called pins here. They're called thumbtacks in the yeah, US. Yeah, sorry. And I've that's been coming on to the next section of our podcast. What, thumbtacks? No, where words come from. Okay. <laughs> this well, is a new podcast. <laughs> but yeah, she, she brought out the big guns. She brought out the thumbtacks and then you had Tito on the top rope. And I remember just thinking, oh no, what if Tito like burst? <laughs> Everyone was just so worried this is going to be the end of Tito. We were all begging Charlie not to do it. And then what happened was... Tito on the top rope overcame Charlie, <laughs> so Charlie came off the top rope and landed on the pins themselves, and then which obviously is, is worse. It obviously I know, is worse, it's but worse. our heart was already in our mouth from the fact that it could be Tito. <laughs> but Tito remained successful. My favourite moment of the whole thing last night was Tito getting um, Charlie Evans on the floor and then running into the ropes and doing the John Cena, you can't see me. Yeah, That made my fucking night. And again, a lot of that was down to Tom, the ref, who was what he was you know doing some magic tito what Um, anyway anyway okay like you know it's really hard to know which line to walk with this because obviously i love believing things are real but obviously tito is is a wolf head on a on a blow-up doll's body and so like the thing that's so incredible about that the fact that we right now are defending that and the fact that last night the crowd buy-in from that was like everyone was all in even even though tito lost the match at the end everyone like patted tito on the back as he was there were chants of like thank you tito (laughs) yeah um and people like we carried him up the stairs because he couldn't obviously he was injured so he couldn't leave the ring so had to have people helping him out and i love the fact that no one was being too smarky about it everyone was just really into it and invested um it's yeah it's totally wonderful and i mean it's it's got to be said like it's not just last night but like the tito character is almost always fought by a wrestler who's maybe not so much of a like fanciful fun like comedy character as someone like chris wolf and so it's always so amazing to see a like a wrestler fighting tito kind of letting go a little bit like charlie mm. evans is a great wrestler and such a powerhouse and um so great i mean i don't think we can really go through match by match no i do want to say like my only criticism and this has literally nothing to do with wrestling uh not a fan of like burlesque stuff in general but really not a fan of like people hammering uh nails through the noses and putting drills in the mouth and you know what the thing that got me the most so i'm describing the the Halftime entertainment, which I'm, you know, it's just not for me, and that's fine. I, you know, I'm sure it's for everyone else. Everyone else. I've never time. seen Holly look so upset in my I, life. I, I had to like look at the ground. I, I can't watch stuff like that, and it's so weird to be at a wrestling show where you're watching like, um, you know, like play violence basically. But when it comes to like, I think that's why I don't like death matches. I'm just not into that stuff. But like watching people hammer nails through their noses is not my idea of a good time. The thing that got me the most, and it's also because I have a really weird OCD about this, is like, um, I can't remember the name of the performer who did that, the intermission show. 
Um, but she starts off with like a cigarette and then puts it out on her tongue. And then she gets the ash from her tongue that's now mixed up with saliva, scoops it off her tongue, and then came to the front of the ring and put that into someone else's mouth. And I almost puked on the spot and also cried. Like, it was just... I have a real thing about that. Like, it makes yeah. me feel so sick. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess I'm on the fence. I know how badly it affected you. I could tell. I was standing right next to you like, you're, you're my best friend. I could tell behind, how upset you were. Someone behind me was just like, oh, if you don't like this, you shouldn't watch now because she's got this thing in her mouth. I'm like, don't describe it to me. You can clearly see that i'm uncomfortable you don't need to describe to me what's happening it's like it's my thing is okay i'll just look away for the five minutes it's on and i'm not hurting anyone by not looking i'm not watching it it's fine but oh man that really it really freaked me out yeah i don't like it i'm really sorry i'm not slagging off the performer or the choice to have them in there i've just got a real personal thing about that um but yeah I don't really want to talk about the end of last night because it was difficult to be there and difficult to watch. Emotional. It was just too much. But I think the one thing that it did bring up for me is like, is again, storytelling through wrestling. You can't get away from like friendship in wrestling. And I love that the way that friendships are told through wrestling and so last night seeing um in the gauntlet match at the end the different wrestlers coming out and seeing the different relationships Mm. that they all had with chris wolf um so i think particularly erin angel when she came out and she and chris were like singing along to s club seven together and dancing together and it was like it was like you can tell through the songs that people sing together and the dances that they have with each other and 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 everything like you can tell a whole friendship through that and some of it isn't even necessarily storytelling you could you could go to the pub tonight and like see the way friends interact with each other just through those things yeah and that gauntlet match wasn't so much a gauntlet match it was everyone getting a two-minute goodbye in Mm. the ring with chris so um it ended with chris wolf basically fighting every single woman in that locker room um, for no longer than two minutes and every single woman came out and in their own individual way said goodbye and whether that was like a proper intense match or whether it was a bit of sing-along or whether it was a bit of both it was everyone had their own unique way of saying goodbye and I don't I think everyone around us was severely affected like people next to me were like sobbing oh yeah same on the other side of me too and like it, it was a lot to hold back tears I mean I just it's really difficult to watch. I mean, it's like watching a breakup. It is. It's like watching a breakup. And a breakup has got to be the worst experience. Like, the grief of it is so much. And to watch people working through grief, like, with a smile on their face. Oh, God, I am actually and about to go again. I always think as well that friendship breakups are the things that you're never allowed to grieve properly for because they're never given the same gravitas as, like, a romantic breakup. Mm. But when friendships break up it hurts more because there isn't the space to talk about it and it isn't treated the same way but we watched 20 people last night deal with the breakup of their friendship and not that the friendship is over because it isn't and there's gonna you know they are friends but it's fighting career it's the end of that moment the end of that era and you're right watching 20 people grieve that moment Mm. was really hard to watch it was really inspiring to watch because people handled it in lots of different ways and it was beautiful to see people just how how much she's loved yeah i've like everyone respected her in such a way and everyone um aspired to be her and i think Mm. at at most points everyone said you've you've inspired me to be be a better version of me Mm. and i just thought oh my god i bet no one's ever said that to john cena (laughs) (laughs) oh 
it was just um, it was so beautiful i don't know what to say about the gauntlet match other than it it, it made me cry mm. a lot um but also within that gauntlet match some really good wrestling just yes. some really good wrestling um really fun because it's chris wolf and she made it really fun um she went after everyone's butts she went after everyone's meat um <laughs> it was just perfect it was a perfect way to go out and i, I really hope yeah. chris wolf felt that as well because there was a lot of love in that room thank you chris wolf thank you chris wolf thank you chris wolf and with that being said friendships career's ending a lot of love a lot of feelings are you breaking up with me is this it are you trying to tell me something can we wait until the microphones are off oh my god i'm not ready for this (laughs) um no not really um what i wanted to link this to was the shield obviously oh the shield dean ambrose has now left wwe and we got to see the glorified house show that was the shield's final chapter was a glorified house show there was a unnecessary event uh, I don't even know. Well, no, it was I'm not unnecessary. Event. It was not unnecessary. No. I wanted it to be like that Chris Wolf show. I think the Chris Wolf retirement show is how every wrestler should now demand their retirement show be. Yeah. Because looking back and looking forwards, saying goodbye, saying thank you, and it all meaning something and it making you feel a lot of things, which I think you're right, is exactly what we were expecting from that final mm. uh, Shield event, um, which was just nothing. It made me feel, I mean, it made me feel stuff because it's me, but other than that it, it could have tugged on my heartstrings a lot more than it did yeah i mean the you know the final like speech that dean gave like obviously i started to cry because again i'm very emotional but it wasn't really what i was expecting out of that show i was expecting the whole show to you know have people talking about the shield i was expecting like video packages of the i shield. wanted turtlenecks yeah. i came for turtlenecks i saw no turtlenecks there was no mention of turtlenecks but do you know what we got holly we got elias and I mean... I don't want Elias. No, I know that we're meant to hate Elias and not want him out there on his guitar. But like... I've played too many gigs with men like Elias. I don't I've need to, to see one. too many one. parties with a guy with a fucking acoustic guitar. Oh my God. Oh, the thing as well, because he's shirtless. I think that if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast and you're not in the UK, you have to understand that we don't get like big summers in the UK. So the second it reaches like maybe 18 degrees here, everyone takes their tops off because it's like, it's the UK and it's really hot. And you have to just endure white pasty men with their tops off. And if you live in like near a park, you have to endure white pasty men with their tops off and acoustic guitars so i'm <laughs> surrounded by elias's at all times i know we don't need to give that any screen time don't need it um, don't want it i i you know i did enjoy that you had finn balor come out and sing a song but it wasn't anything to do with the shield and i did enjoy that you had the riot squad come out and sing a song but it didn't have anything to do with the no, shield i just feel um, like wwe could have exploited our love of the shield a hell of a lot more like they could have they could have taken it all the way to Schmaltztown, and yeah. i would have been happy with it they could have really rinsed us they could have in between every single match had like a, a video package yeah. looking back they could have had people coming on and talking it could have been this big thing and i yeah. know it's just a shield and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this that are like why give a fuck it's just a shield no but the, the shield do epitomize what we've been talking about which is like friendships friendship. never end can we like cut in that song from saved by the bell when they're a band friends forever, friends forever. We'll be there. always will be there 
No, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to find it and I'm going to put it in. Awesome. And we'll share it on social media too because it's, it's you know, it's great. But like... That's the one thing that we, we've talked about this before. Me and Shannon are kind of newish wrestling fans. We've only been watching wrestling for a few years. But the one thing that's pulled us into it is any character, any storyline that is about friendships, brotherhoods, fraternities, like sororities, like that kind of like, yeah. I've got your back, you've got mine, friends to the end until we're not. Like that's the kind of thing that I yeah. love. And like, I want... I want to see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns singing S Club 7 with Dean Ambrose. <laughs> you know? That's what I want. And I want to see the tears behind their eyes while they are doing oh, that. I want to see them completely unable to deal with their feelings. Do you think that, like, Dean's... So Dean's done a couple of farewell speeches now. He did a farewell mm. speech at House Show a few weeks before this aired where he was kind of, like, saying thank you to the, to the fans and mm. stuff and saying thank you for his time and it's time to move on. And I wonder whether the the event that which they put on for his final thing was kind of like trying to capitalize on that and make that more public and i wonder if his if his goodbye speech was him kind of saying i couldn't get what i wanted out of wwe fuck you i'm moving on because it does seem he's been unhappy with his role since since coming back yeah i mean obviously when he did come back i was really excited because of that whole heel turn well no in fact it wasn't even the heel turn it was the the hint of a heel turn when there was the whole like leather daddy thing with drew mcintyre it was it was great i'm sorry but my cat is showing me her belly i'll be back in a sec um i do think it's interesting that there's just been a lot of like well wishes for dean who maybe hasn't got what he wanted out the company his character's been really inconsistent yeah for a while now even since before um his injury is he's just not been used in very interesting ways um and there's just a lot of people that say yeah fair play to him like let him go do what he wants to do if he just wants to go hiking in the desert as he seems to do let him go do that if he wants to be a mountain man or if he wants to go but- wrestle with any of the promotion um go do that as well how do you think it's gonna work though because obviously he and renee i'm guessing get to be on the road together a lot. this is what i worry about showing as this is the thing that keeps me up at night <laughs> will they be okay i hope they'll be okay i hope they'll be okay too now what from what i can gather she's only home once a week so they're gonna Who's have to get on their dog blue i'm sure they've got a dog watcher it's not as good as be- like i'm literally holding my dog and rubbing my cat's belly right now I cannot imagine leaving them with someone else. I'm sure Dean Ambrose is also rubbing his dog's belly as we speak, so don't worry. Okay. I just find it interesting that there's a lot of people wanting Dean to have a happy life and, and do what he wants, yet the same the same love and respect isn't shown by fans for Sasha Banks and what's happening with her at the moment. So um, can you tell me what's going on with Sasha Banks? Because I have to be completely honest with you. I avoid wrestling Twitter quite a lot. I know, obviously, we've got this show and we are involved in wrestling social media. But when it comes to wrestling Twitter, I... I mean, it's a hot mess. I'd avoid I, it as I, well. I, t- I tweet from Grap Girls. Um, I respond to messages through Grap Girls, but I try my best not to see what people are saying because okay. it always upsets me. So Re- Wrestling Twitter is a hot piece of garbage. Um, but as someone who likes to spend a lot of their working day on twitter to avoid work i see a lot of it mm. um so what's happening with sasha and again this episode is going to air um in may so what a lot of what we're saying right now will probably be massively out of date by the time this airs so apologies for that um but the moment what's happening is she last appeared at wrestlemania um, her and bailey lost the tag uh, champion uh, belts and she hasn't been seen on tv since um and she's taken some time off and the the 
the kind of rumours behind that are that she is unhappy because her and Bailey apparently only found out that day that they'd be losing the titles to the Iconics. By the way, I fucking love the Iconics. Oh my God, I love the Iconics so much. I And that doesn't mean to say that I think... No, I can love everyone. You, there's yeah. lots of room. It's not girl versus girl. No, it's, of course uh, it's not. But I love the Iconics so much and they deserve that tag team belt and... I don't know what to say. I mean, we're not going to do an entire episode like going back over WrestleMania, but if we did, most of it would be talking about how fucking great the Iconics were. Um, anyway, back to Sasha Banks. So she, it's it's more, it's not just about the belts. It's about how she's been consistently, um, I guess, underbooked or not booked right for the past few years. And I feel that she feels she's unhappy with how mm. WWE are treating her again don't know her personally so I'm just not being able to speak correctly for her but apparently she's been given some time off to reflect because she wanted to leave WWE yeah. and I think they're given her this calling off period to be like go and think about that if that's what you want to do yeah. um, but I think she's still under contracts so I'm not sure what if she'd be allowed to do that I don't know the legalities of it so I guess thank you for fleshing out like like giving me the bones of that because all i have seen really and the reason why i've avoided this whole thing is just people slagging off sasha and saying things like she's a brat and she's a diva and that she um you know she's like not yeah she's like she thinks she's like allowed to do whatever she wants but i wasn't really sure what that was to do with like oh, that's we're to do allowed with the fact to have that tantrums. she's a that's to do with the fact that she's a black woman absolutely because any other wrestler that seems to know their worth or demand more or maybe even complain on social media that not being booked right fans are usually with them and mm-hmm. it's not seen as this big awful thing i also find it a bit creepy when wrestling fans are like so supportive of wwe as a company and like think that everything they do is amazing that it's not okay to critique that in any way like of course you should want your wrestler companies to do better and of course you should want your wrestlers to feel comfortable and happy with what they're being asked to do um and i just it really it's really weird and kind of upsetting to Mm. see um wrestle fans um kind of go after sasha this way because it's not the first time they've gone after her consistently anytime she has been what they think is outspoken yeah. although for me just reads like just having a normal twitter account <laughs> it's uh she receives so much more hate than anybody else um if if she ever is seen to botch a move although i don't think she does but when other people claim that she's done something yeah, wrong she's, or dangerous. she's dangerous she's you know unsafe um, I find it interesting that as a black woman she receives so much more criticism yeah. and is held to a higher standard than anybody else. You know, you've got examples of Brock Lesnar literally throwing the belt in Vince McMahon's face because he's unhappy and pissed off with what's happening at the moment. And fans felt that, yeah, why shouldn't he? Like, he knows his worth. Of course he should. Mm. Everyone is so behind the revival and, like, um, what they wanted to do and, like... Uh, you know, wanting more for themselves in WWE. That was a great thing to chase after. Everyone is so happy that Dean's leaving. Like, go, chase your dreams. Be happy, yeah. Dean. But when Sasha when it- kind of hints at the fact that she's pissed off, she's bratty, she's undeserving, she's mm. ungrateful. Um, she's not playing by the rules. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's a lot of what I read online. But without being able to actually find the original source oh there's yeah i just i just just didn't yeah i didn't really fully understand why everyone was going off at her when uh, uh, yeah like what you're telling me was stuff that i was only seeing very tiny amounts about so yeah it just is really upsetting that a woman can't know her worth and can't be annoyed about the way something is going like we're 
totally allowed to do that. We're Can't allowed to be pissed more. off. We're, yeah. She's one of the most talented women on that roster. How, in my mind, has been severely underused. I would love to see her more now in the superstar shit. And uh, one of the things I was really excited about with the roster shakeup was Naomi moving to Raw mm. and possibly seeing Naomi and Sasha in a ring because oh. you've not seen that in a really long time. And they're two of my favorite wrestlers of all they're of WWE. Both so talented. So either seeing them working together or working against each other, I would I'd kill to see that. For me, what I would love is like an epic rivalry ended in deep-seated respect i mean that's how oh, all female rivalries should end love some deep-seated them, respect oh do you know what shana's I, I have nothing but deep-seated respect for you oh my god so fucking much <laughs> so really the message is that um all wrestlers should unionize as much as possible Okay, so Holly is the union rep. <laughs> I recently At did become union place. rep. That has nothing to do with it. But everyone um, should join a union. Well, do you know what? I'm a teacher. I'm part of a union. What does? But honestly, I feel like um, I don't know what it means outside of being a teacher. Well, like, unions, the trade union movement means that you're part of an organisation yeah. um, that you have solidarity with other people outside of the place that you work so across your profession so teachers that aren't at your school or wrestlers that aren't in your promotion Mm -hmm. all working together for better pay for better benefits for time off Mm -hmm. for um for free legal advice if needed just to have someone in your corner having a trade union rep there present at meetings an impartial advisor um i will say join the union it's really good you can't afford not to in this current day climate um and it's it's come up a lot at the moment with like wrestlers and yeah. wrestling unions um particularly like in america where healthcare isn't free mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i don't I, I can't really weigh in on that except you know join the union i think it's great well now i understand what unions are for holly i completely agree they're <laughs> <laughs> giving you the hard sell yeah and there's more details but um yeah someone was saying i remember when like um the world of sport wrestling on ITV started last year. I think that set a precedent because to be on television in the UK, you have to be part of the is it the Actors Guild, which mm-hmm. is a union. So all the wrestlers had to sign up to that. And people were saying that was the first example of like wrestlers being in hmm. a union, which controls like how many hours you can work and yeah. how much you're paid and making sure it's fair. Um, it'd be really cool to see if other bigger, maybe non-WWE promotions ever ever do unionise, but... I think we're a long way off from that. <laughs> I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Okay. Welcome to union section of the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's true though. Unions are really important and it just seems crazy that in such a kind of, obviously uh, it is a, a profession which is performing. It's a profession which m- means that you use your body. It's sports entertainment. Like you've got a double whammy there of reasons why you may need representation and the fact that I don't know, you've got massive wrestling companies out there who who aren't allowing their staff to unionise does seem bizarre. But it's kind of nice to daydream about. I like the idea of wrestlers talking with each other and supporting each other and, you know, comparing contracts. How much do you earn? How many days off a year do you get? Do you get childcare? Do you get healthcare? Yeah. There's power in a factory, power in the land, power in the hand of the worker. Do, 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 do
Um, right, so we want to introduce a new segment of Grap Girls. We are both very keen readers, um, and we are thinking we'd like to start a wrestling book club. We are Oprah. That's who we are. We are the Oprah <laughs> of wrestling podcast. I think this is mostly because um, I feel insecure about wrestling knowledge and stuff like that. And I know we said in the very first episode, there's no such thing as like gatekeeping with this podcast, or you have to know certain knowledge and stuff but there's certain wrestlers I love and admire and I would love to know more about them but I feel that I might have missed them in their heyday and want to go back and learn more about them um and I think also wrestlers who write their own books usually their books are terrible which means they're great to read yeah hopefully they're great to read oh. I love a ghost written book I, I, do I love too. them they're so trashy they're brilliant I um I've read Daniel Bryan's book uh, you've quoted chapters of that to me at length and I've been quite disturbed by that book um, I mean I think I've chosen quite specific parts to tell you about we don't have to talk about it right now though no I don't want to include him in my book club but I think we were thinking of starting with the AG, AJ Lee biography crazy is my superpower yeah so um, we will um, discuss that book on the next podcast provided we have managed to read it it's uh, available for like £9 on Amazon but if you don't want to go evil you can also get it from your local library um, as someone who is librarian get it from your library um, you can also get it from local bookstores and I yeah. think there's second hand copies on Abe Books as well um, we've not been able to find it on files so files yeah, I'm not sure what that's about what's that about uh, so the book we're reading is AJ Lee Crazy is My Superpower really looking forward to reading it we'll review it on the next episode what we would love though is if you could um, let us know what your thoughts on the book are via Twitter. Also, let us know what other wrestling books you've really enjoyed because we'd like to include it in our book club. The, the, the worse, the better. I just want to read really badly ghostwritten wrestling books. Yeah, like the Daniel Bryan one where he talks about just the tip being in. Oh, God. Like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what, though? There are people out there that if you ask them like what they like reading, they will say wrestling books like a genre. I bet there are people at home the only, only have wrestling books do you know what i went to university with a guy who i'm friends with on goodreads and you're describing him oh my god <laughs> oh i cannot imagine but also cannot wait to get involved yeah into the no totally awful in fact in fact books. to that person recommend us some books please, yeah please, because like, you probably we, know more than we do yeah um you thank definitely you definitely do <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode five of Grap Girls. We'll be back next month. We'll be talking more about the Graps. Uh, find us again on social media and leave us any messages about things you want us to discuss in future. Um, and keep an eye out for the next episode of Burning Hearts because there's some special guest commentary by us on there as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening, Bye. guys. Bye.